ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, we're going to talk about black women. More specifically, we'll talk about some of the things that black women deal with. And I've got some special co-hosts coming through on this podcast. Bibi and Maya from the We Did That Shit podcast will be in the building with your boy. They're one of my favorite podcasts. And after you hear this podcast, they're going to be some of your favorites as well. So sit back, relax. We'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Uh, As I mentioned in the intro, we got some special, special co-hosts coming through. Um, The creators of the We Did That Shit podcast uh, are in the building. Uh, First, let me introduce them. My first guest uh, hails from Camden, New Jersey. She's a mother, as I mentioned, a fellow podcaster a world traveler, and an entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the podcast for the first time. My homegirl, Babi. Babi, what's up? What's up? I'm going to have to hire you to do my intros. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? What's good with you? I'm chilling. We made it. You made it. You made, you did that shit. <laughs> we did. We about to do this right, shit. We about to do this shit for real. Uh, and her partner in crime also hails from Camden, New Jersey. She's also obviously a fellow podcaster. Uh, she's a traveler and an entrepreneur as well. And she has pretty feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. More on that later. Uh, welcome into the podcast is Maya. Maya, what's up? What's going on? Let me tell you something. If I have nothing else to offer, the pretty feet is going to get me everywhere I have to be in life. Hey, a lot of women can't say that. They can't say that they got pretty feet. That's true. (laughs) Clearly, because he made it clear. Right, right, right. Uh, So I got you guys on. First and foremost, man, I got to say it is an honor and a privilege to have y'all on here. Y'all are, and I'm not just saying this because y'all are here, but y'all are like one of my favorite podcasts uh the we did that shit podcast drops every monday uh and if it doesn't drop on monday i come looking for them personally you do because <laughs> you know the, the weekends are, are, are special and then when you need something to kind of pick you up on mondays as you're going to work so the we did that shit podcast and i'll, I'll explain later to, to you listeners where you can find the podcast but um i guess before we get into our topic of black women um let's start right there I guess I'll start with you first, Bibi. How did the We Did That Shit podcast come about? And Maya, you can answer how you guys came up with that name. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. Can we do that in reverse? Because That's the fine. name was kind of like my story. So I, I remember. Maya, I remember. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so go ahead, so, Maya. So the podcast came about because 
well, we're cousins uh, for all of 12 Kyle's listeners. We're cousins and um, we talk every day, literally, (laughs) probably like so many times a day, you know, and because we talk, you know, podcasting was coming about. I've always um, wanted to do something in entertainment. I didn't know what, but, you know, my life just didn't go that way. And one day we were talking and it was like, we should start a podcast or you should start a blog. I should do something. And I said, well, okay. And just never follow through. Uh, But be met someone and they worked in, you know, the field. And she was like, y'all, Bibby said we wanted to start a podcast. She was like, yeah, y'all should do it. And so it just kind of pushed us to go ahead and do it. It was just like on a whim one day. It was just, mm, we should do it. And we just did it. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. no nothing special. It was just like, let's just do it. And yeah. here we are. No and. Doubt. People, a lot of people don't know this, but Maya, everybody had been telling Maya for years she needs to start a blog. She needs to do something. I don't care what happens in Hollywood, in the universe. Everybody calls Maya. They're like, Maya. <laughs> she, she like, like well, I, I know the people personally. Right, right. <laughs> but she always but I do knows. Keep up with, she does. I do keep up with current events because, like I said, I always knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. I just didn't know what. Um, and when you're young, you want to do you want to do so many things. But when you get a little bit older and you think about bills, Preach. you put the entertainment to the side <laughs> and you got to chase the money, right. you know. Right. And so and so that's what I did. But um, here we are. So, you know, here we are entertaining people, giving out knowledge and we've been having a ball doing it. But how we came up with the name, we mm. did that shit. Maybe uh, you want to tell them just a little brief well, um, we do discuss the name in our first episode. So um, that actually happened to me. Um, well, first it was the 12-day move. Uh, Maya's family home downsized. And um, her mom, you know, downsized into a a smaller apartment, from a house to a smaller apartment. And it literally took us <laughs> 12, 12 whole wow. days <laughs> 12 whole days of active moving like packing and boxing and trucks and unpacking and furniture deli- I mean 12 full days mm. and like we was cockeyed cuckoo and crazy at the mm. end and then we was just looking around the house looked so nice and we was just like we did that shit <laughs> <laughs> we did that shit and um that was just a phrase that um I experienced some years ago when um I was a single mom and I needed a new refrigerator and when I bought one I paid for delivery but the people only deliver like to the curb you have to pay extra to have it was crazy so you had to pay extra to get the refrigerator in your house and I'm just looking at these dudes like they was crazy and so the one guy was like look I can bring it up on your porch but that's the le- that's as best as I can do because this guy is going to tell on me you know all this stuff so I literally brought in a new refrigerator had to take the doors off everything and took out my old refrigerator mm. and my neighbor they were new to the neighborhood because clearly I didn't know them but he gonna say after I finished all that he gonna say you did that shit <laughs> he watched you pick up a refrigerator <laughs> 
a whole <laughs> grown man. I wanted to blow his house up. I'm oh not lying. My and even I told my dad that story like years later and my dad was so mad. He was like, <laughs> where is he? I was like, look, I don't even live there anymore. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what happened. And so that's what we, you know, we experienced some shit in our life. So we did that shit. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that, that was like one of the first, cause I think when I first started listening to you guys, that was one of the first things that stood out. First of all, the name and then, you know, that story that came along with it. And like from the first episode, and I, I don't even know if the first episode that I heard that you guys said that you were cousins, but I was like, they are too close to be acting like this. And it really reminded me of my, <laughs> the two of you remind me of me and my cousin, Eric, the one in the podcast that I talked about, that we fired the gun in the house. Right. Just like that, that, that <laughs> how the two of you are. That's just how we are. So, um, so yeah, I, I've been following these ladies in this podcast since then. Um, so yeah, we can get right to it, man. The 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 topic I want to talk about. We're just going to talk about some things about as far as black women. These two are obviously black women. Um, so I guess really where I want to start is you really can't start a conversation about black women without necessarily talking about the black women in your life. So, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maya, I'll start with you. Who were the black women in your life growing up, and why were they influential to you? Um, well, I would definitely say my mother and my grandmother were the most influential women in my life, um, black women in my life, uh, for obvious reasons, you know, mother and grandmother, but also just the strength that they showed. Mm -hmm. Um, my grandmother was a very hard woman. Uh, she lived a hard life, you know, she was one of 10 children, but more so like the strongest one, the one that they depended on. And she, it made her very mean. Mm, And, mm. um, you know, because of that strength and that being mean, you can, she, a lot of people didn't necessarily, they loved her, but they didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. like her, you know? Um, and my mother, she has been through, so much and in her life my mother is uh a recovering addict she's 25 years clean Mm. and just her life experience and what she has taught me over uh the years because she definitely teaches from experience Mm. you know all the things that she tells me it's like i've lived it and so that in turn that strength from her and what she had to go through and what she had to overcome and then from my grandmother her meanness but equal strength it just rubbed off on me and i'm not mean but i'm very (laughs) but i'm very excuse me i'm sorry i'm not mean but i am very i am very direct you know in in my approach not mean in any way i will i want to keep saying that i'm not mean (laughs) however i am very strong and when you listen to our podcast you will hear that Mm -hmm. uh so those were the most influential women in my life the most influential black women in my life what about you baby um well for me it's definitely definitely my mother my mother is the strongest woman I ever knew mm-hmm. and um, still to this day um, she grew up my mom and Maya's grandmother um, they're born first cousins but they all grew up in the same house mm-hmm. um, so um, but my mom you know she went through a lot of challenges and she had She had children young. I am the youngest of her four children. And everybody says that I am the most like her. 
Um, but she taught me I'm a I'm an observer. So I look at people and learn. I don't just learn from my mistakes, but I learn from other people's mistakes. And my mother, by watching her, she taught me how to do that. And I learned a lot from her. She didn't have to explain a lot of things. Um, but she overcame a lot, a lot, a lot of obstacles um, as a black woman. Uh, a lot of racial things we went through. I remember going through a lot of racial things. Uh, my mom is there. And, um, you know, people looking at me because I was a brown child. And I mean, for years, I thought I was like, you know, real ebony <laughs> until <laughs> I did because they would call me chocolate drop and, you know, all Ain't this stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with chocolate. At all. <laughs> I really thought I was part of the club. And then I grew up and realized like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in. Like, they, <laughs> they like, no, you're not ebony. Oh, okay. Sorry. But, um, so, and then other people, uh, women, there's a, a few teachers that I admire, but other than I admire people from afar, mm-hmm. um, and for 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 different things. So um, a lot of people are not like. Uh, there's a woman that goes to my church. We dance together, Min Sin. I love her. Uh, wait, um, when you say dance, clarify. What do you mean? Well, I um, I'm in the ministry of okay. movement. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> not like dancing at the club. Yeah, you, you know, uh, the, the podcast has some younger listeners, right? <laughs> and we don't want to get it confused. So yeah, so I'm in the ministry of movement, and <laughs> certain people that I admire uh, from afar. You know, sometimes I tell them, and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my mother, my best friend's mother, I call her mom as well. Um, I guess we're the two most influential women in my life. Okay, makes sense. I, I much like you, you, YouTube. I have the same. Um, <clears throat> my grandmothers uh, and and my aunts, uh, all of them, really. Uh, my grandmother, my particularly my my mom's mom. Uh, she was like the epitome of strength. She passed away when I was six, but mm-hmm. she did something that I think um, you know was very uh, influential to me. Was that, uh, and it was really a, a a show of her character. She was picture a black woman with six kids husband and six kids living in the south and she couldn't find work and Mm -hmm. uh this was like the late 50s early 60s so you know she did what a lot of people did she went up north but she didn't take her family and so Mm -hmm. she left her family behind and she went and she went to work in these white people's houses cleaning their house and stuff like that so uh, I thought that said a lot about her character leaving her children behind, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and with her husband, my grandfather, but he was an alcoholic. So, you know, mm-hmm. even though her, their kids at that time were they were they weren't little kids like they were of age. I think the youngest mm-hmm. was my uncle. He was probably like in high school. But still that that just you just didn't see a woman leave their family. Yeah. And um mm-hmm. Obviously, those those lessons and, and that type of stuff kind of trickle down to my mom. Like like you said, baby, my mom is clearly like the strongest woman, uh, strongest woman that I've ever seen. Uh, my wife is probably like the close second. Um, no. And when I started thinking about doing this podcast, what I really saw was that uh, more often than not, not just my not just my wife, but even women that I've dated in the past, and also. 
you know, women that I have become friends with over the years, like they all had that one thing in common where they were just these strong black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I understand and like a party girl, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, the women that I've pretty, pretty much surrounded myself with, you know, they just they just wasn't with the foolishness, you know. So right. Um, so that actually leads me into my next question. When I think about the phrase "strong black woman," um, now that gets mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes mm-hmm. it carries, for whatever reason, it carries a negative connotation. Um, so, and I'll start first with you, Babi. When you hear strong black woman, what, what do you think when you hear those words? Uh, when I hear strong black woman, I think uh, independence, resilience, mm. uh, nurturing, um, adaptable. These are things that make black women strong. That regardless of what is going on around them, they find a way to continue to make it mm-hmm. whether they have children or not mm-hmm. um just be- and a lot of black women especially black women when they reach their 30s and 40s who don't have children they have people in their life that depend on them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they take care of and so when i think you know i don't uh, uh, a woman walking around loud goosenecking snapping <laughs> fingers that that's not a strong black right, woman to right. me. I agree. You know that's that's not a strong black woman to me. So when I hear strong black women, uh, that's the first thing I think about. Someone that you know you can put them in diverse situations and they know how to respond. Um, the, even when they're struggling, they're going to come out on top. You know, they and they still have femininity and poise. Mm. That's what a strong black woman is to me. No doubt, no doubt. I agree totally. What about you, Maya? Well, I don't know if I could say anything better than what the lead just said, because, I mean, you said a mouthful and it was it was true. And and thank you for mentioning the strong black women who, are, like myself, are in their 30s and 40s who just because you don't have children, you still have people who depend on you and that you take care of. Um, I totally agree with what the B said. I think of all of those things when I think about strong black woman. I hate the negative connotation that strong black woman brings about because what we have to remember is is that we would not be looked at in a negative way if we did not have to go through or be put in position to do all of the things that we have to do. You just spoke about your grandmother, how she had to leave her family to be able to take care of her family. Only a strong black woman could do something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, be put in a position to have to do that for one and then to achieve it for two. So I agree with everything what you said to be um as far as what a strong black woman is yeah i, I agree totally I, I i'm i i guess when i was when i started thinking about it i was like kind of surprised because over the years like i said it's it's become negative and i don't necessarily know well i take that back i know why it's become mm-hmm. negative because of the man's perception of it like mm-hmm. you don't want um you know you like you don't want some of the qualities that would be uh described but in reality, that's what you should want. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. mm-hmm. most of us, 
if you're black and you're our age or even even older than us that's what you came from now yeah mm-hmm. exactly things have changed generationally and you know you <laughs> a phrase that i hear sometimes from my single friends you know they don't make them like mama you know like mm-hmm. and, and and rightfully so and i mean that that speaks to the family values and how things have changed over mm-hmm. the years and i mean that's a that's another podcast for another day right but. I don't, and I don't necessarily agree with that either. Mm-hmm. They do make them, they do make them like mama, but I'm not your mama. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'm not your mom. And, and so, you know, and I think a lot of that, you know, this men wanting to be taken care of, mm-hmm. I think that more women want to take care and they do when they feel secure. Right. Exactly. So yes, they'd still make them like mama, but I'm not your mama. And also, when you think about making them like mama, at the time when mama was coming up, she had somebody taking care of her so mm-hmm. she could take care of exactly. you. Now you want a woman to go to work, come home, raise the children, cook the food, take care of you, split the bills. You know, women have more on them than ever before. And and not saying that mama didn't have a lot on her. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. But if you put someone in the position that your mother was, mm-hmm. then maybe they would treat you like mama in them. Okay. That's all okay. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I, 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 I wrote something down here when I was, uh, trying to come up with you know my thoughts on this this show and I started thinking of words that would you know kind of describe the black women that I generally have surrounded myself with and been surrounded mm-hmm. with women that are driven assertive and focused like those words just kind of jumped off the page when I started writing um you know those words are commonly mentioned with black women but sometimes there seems to be a quote-unquote issue or quote-unquote misconception with when you put those words with black women. So, and Maya, I'll start first with you. What are some of the misconceptions that people often cast out about black women? Anger. The biggest misconception I think that people uh, cast out about black women is that we're angry. And we did a show about black women and specifically talked about this um, topic about angry black women. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when you when you are assertive and when you are focused, when you are determined, then automatically you are looked at as angry, you know, and it's not angry. I I talked about my grandmother and I talked about how she was mean and I and I'm and I said, I'm not mean, you know. I, Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? Mm-hmm. It was something caught in my throat. Oh, okay. And I talked mm-hmm. about the fact that, and I will continue. And I talked about the fact that I'm not mean. Um, I don't think that being direct. I don't think that things of that nature are being mean i think that it is just what it is but i think the biggest misconception is that black women are angry Mm -hmm. and just because you um i'm gonna i'm gonna say the kids term just because you boss up you Mm -hmm. know that's one of the kids term just boss up does not mean that you're angry it just means that you know how to take care of your business you are focused and determined on what you want and you go after what you want but you can be laid back when put in a position to be that way so i think that's definitely one of the biggest misconceptions that black women are angry okay okay what about you baby i think along with anger one of the biggest misconceptions is that um independent black women don't need a man oh 
Um, <laughs> and let me just say this for the record. I love black men. And I feel like we need we need our men. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. black men. We need them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of times that, you know, I pay my own bills. I get it done. I don't care. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's not strong black woman talk right right of course that's not strong that's not strong black woman talk so um we need our men and it's a misconception if you think that because a woman is out here and she's doing her job and she's making decent money that she does not need a man because um we were not created to be by ourselves we just were not as human beings we crave companionship so and you know, I am not attracted to white men at all. Me you know, Me at either. all. <clears throat> and um I- <laughs> <laughs> white women or white men. <laughs> so um, you know, so we need our men to do what we need and not just always in intimate or romantic relationships we need our men to be there for us to Mm -hmm. make us feel secure to make us feel wanted to make us feel important you know uh my son i've been teaching my son how to be a gentleman since he was very young and i mean it took a little time because he's autistic and he really doesn't understand why he has to do certain things but now when he goes out with his sister even though she drives he opens the door mm-hmm. he you know he makes sure she's in the car he'll bring the groceries in he makes he's a, a alpha male he just makes sure make sure that she's always okay so um we need them and and we need men for those purposes and i feel personally that you know men have a responsibility to the community mm-hmm. and when when men take care of their responsibility to the community women may be a little more uh, lax mm-hmm. for lack of a better word in the way that they respond to men mm-hmm. that's a good point that that is a very good point i think it's um there are a lot of misconceptions out there and i think you know we as men you know we're we're I don't want to say partially. <laughs> a lot of times we're responsible for them because uh, I think a lot of times some men, I won't say all, some men will try to, you know, lump women into a certain category or certain categories. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, we don't necessarily do ourselves or the women for that matter, uh, any type of justice. Um, you know, when I, when I think about you know, a woman that's driven or assertive or focused, or like you said, somebody bossed up, I mean, who, if you're a guy that has those same qualities, you should want that. You should champion that in, you know, in a woman and whether or not mm-hmm. she's your woman or not, you should feel mm-hmm. like, okay, well that, those are qualities that we should have because if, if, if Maya's winning, if a B's winning, I'm winning, you know what I'm saying? Because exactly. We're, we're, we're exactly. all pushing forward. And I think, you know, and, it, and I, I know it speaks to, you know, where we are as a society and as a culture where we've kind of lost our way to some degree. Mm-hmm. But um, we got we got to get that back to some degree, I think, because it's it's because there's a generation, you know, coming that we're teaching. And, you know, we want we don't want to teach them that that's the way, you know, I have three sons and a daughter. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 and I was telling one of my friends this here recently, like one of the most interesting moments in my life was <laughs> it was like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um 
when we were in the uh, we went to, to I guess to find the sex of my daughter since she was the last child that we had. Okay. And uh, like when they said, because we you know everybody's oh you guys are gonna have another son you're gonna have another son, mm-hmm. and when the lady said it's a girl. There was so much excitement that rushed through my body, and then like two <laughs> seconds later, I was like, "It's a girl. damn!" <laughs> like, like, oh, like I know what to do with these little boys, it, right? A, a, a girl? I don't know what's going on here. So, I mean, she is like daddy's girl, and she mm-hmm. is just like everything. So it's like I've been even more sensitive and more, I guess, more aware of. Because I'm trying to raise, I'm going to have to raise a strong black woman. And, um, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, we as men, I think we, we miss the boat sometimes and we try to put, I don't think we try to, we, we, whether or not it's intentional or not, we put them in the same boat and, and that doesn't help any of us, to be honest. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, before we move on to our commercial break, um, what what is it, Babi? What does it mean to you to be a black woman? Um, it means that I'm always on. Mm. I am always on. If as soon as I leave the house, and even in my house, because I have a daughter, and I have a son, mm-hmm. and I have to be an example for them. But as soon as I leave the house, I always have to be on. I just feel like. I every single day like I care about what I wear to work I get fully dressed to go to the store I watch what I say uh, Mm. in certain areas because someone is always watching hopefully they're watching and learning and wanting to emulate but some people watch and judge or you know a lot of people just wait to say oh well look that's how they are you know things like that so To be a black woman, you always have to be on. You Mm -hmm. always have to be self-aware. You have to know where you are, where you're going, what you're saying, how you're going to get there. You always have to be on. Mm. What about Mm. you, Maya? I think that to be a black woman is power. When I think about being a black woman, I think powerful because we dictate and create everything everything always have and we always will so when i think about being a black woman i agree with you uh bib a hundred percent you always have to be on now whether someone is looking at you and like you said wanting to emulate that's wonderful if they're looking at you and saying that see how that's how they act you're right that is how Mm -hmm. we act no matter what that how we are yes Mm -hmm. that's how we are because we are chameleons We definitely can do, say, become anything. Mm -hmm. And so black women, black people in general, um, Mm -hmm. you know, are powerful. But black women, like I said, we create and dictate everything. Mm -hmm. Nothing gets through life without coming from a black woman. Nothing. You can't do anything in life and it did not come from a black woman. The way you eat, the way you move, the music you like. What you the, eat, your hair, exactly, <laughs> everything yes. came your from. Your full lips, your full hips, everything. everything. They want everything. Right, came from a black woman. Mm-hmm. So being a black woman is powerful. No matter how someone looks at us, white people, they look at us, you hate us because you ain't us, mm-hmm. you know. And so everything with us by us from us is powerful no doubt no doubt 
Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. And on the other side, we'll be back with Babi and Maya from the We Did That Shit podcast. Uh, sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. Is that iced tea? Nope, it's lemonade. Is that iced tea? Lemonade. Iced tea? What's with these people, man? Lemonade. Read the sign. Lemonade. Read it. Okay. Delicious. Iced tea at a lemonade stand? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Marin saved by switching to Geico. It's lemonade, man. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And just like that, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. The 12 Kyle podcast got Maya and Babi in here from the We Did That Shit podcast. Uh, And we're talking about black women. Um, All right. So, ladies, let's get with the shits, okay? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Probably some of the funniest things that I've heard on your podcast is when you talk about dating. Um, both of for my listeners, both of them are saying, I'm not going to tell y'all their age because I don't know and I ain't going to ask, but I I'm will 25 say, with experience. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Both of them are over 25. Okay. <laughs> um, so please don't DM me asking me none of that information. I'll, I'll get <laughs> the information to be put out there, whatever they want to put out at the end of the podcast. Um, so like I said, you both have detailed your dating lives on the podcast and been very open and honest. And you've had some funny stories, stories, you know, to, to go along the way. Um, but B, I'll start with you first. Um, what advice, if, if there's some brothers listening right now, and there are, what advice would you give to them in general when it comes to dating a black woman? Two things, and you will hear this often. If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Um, And that goes hand in hand with the second thing. Be yourself. You know, there's no need to pretend. Everybody is not compatible with everybody. You know, some people may like, it's not about what's great. It's really, it's about preference. And what a person, like our cousin Tony says, it's not what you have in common. It's what you don't have in common that's important because it's like, oh, can I put up with that for an extended mm-hmm. amount of time? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that and that is the thing that you look for. But if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're also right because what you're going to project is something that's going to be like, Mm-mm, nah. So be yourself. Be your true, authentic self. And, you know, you'll get. I think you'll just like what you get if you're your authentic self okay okay that's that's very very good and sound advice fellas i hope you all are taking notes um what about you maya uh advice in general on dating black women be confident Mm -hmm. if i could never say this loud enough long enough Be confident. Confidence will get you in the door and it will keep you there. Mm -hmm. I have seen some couples that I'm like, what in the hell? (laughs) However, (laughs) when you get to know that man and, Mm -hmm. or you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman that dates men. So I'm speaking from a woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. When you get to know that, man and you see the confidence that he projects you said oh okay I understand how he got Mm -hmm. that woman 
Be confident. And that is in anything that you do. When you're approaching a woman, when you're trying to date the woman, when you get into the relationship with the woman, mm-hmm. when you meet the family, if you're mm-hmm. breaking up with the woman, be confident in the breakup. I mean, just be confident. It will truly get you everywhere that you need to be. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And we know you don't have any problems in that area, Kyle. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, we've, only, we've only heard it once or 10 million times. Man, right? My mom, and, and I, I, I tell people all the time, like, my mom is the person to blame for that. When I was eight years old, my mom, like, really instilled in me how great I was. And so, but she, she also, she she talked about humility, too, but I, that kind of, you know, went to the side. So, like, right. I, had, <laughs> I had mad people when I was younger say, like, yo, you arrogant as hell. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. thank you. I mean, like, yes. I, just, <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, I mean, if I don't believe in me, who's going to believe in me, too? So, exactly. Nah, I, I just, that's how I was. From the time we were little, my mom, my mom always told me and my brother specifically, you are beautiful. You you know that, that part on the help when she says to that little kid, you are kind, you are smart, you are important. Cheryl been telling us that for forever. And me and my brother believe that we know right. that 100%. Right. Yeah. And, that, and you know that, to be honest, that's how it's supposed to be. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. you, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I understand why people, why some people, you know, have self-esteem issues, but mm-hmm. never been with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a mistake. I'm still going to feel confident about it. But, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, I, I, I can get it together. <laughs> Now, uh, the next question I had, um, another thing that you guys do very well on your podcast, I really love is that, you know, you talk about your careers and your, um, you know, your, your fight up the ladder, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, for those of you listening, who've never heard her, never heard their podcast before, like they, they don't play around. Like you, these are two very career driven women. So, and Maya, I'll start first with you. How do you deal with navigating with race and gender in the workplace? Because as we all know, in many different career paths, black women tend to earn significantly less than their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you deal with race and gender in the workplace? Well, at the in the career that I am in now, it's a it's a difference from where I came from. I used to work in corporate America. Um, I used to work for Johnson and Johnson, and that was something that I had to go through there. Okay. And I had to um, navigate more with relationships than I necessarily wanted to. I'm definitely a person who does not believe in befriending co-workers in a certain kind of way um speak on it <laughs> i feel no like no kind of way well, kind of like zero kind, kind of way, way. I, mean, I from all of the jobs that i've ever had since the time that i was very young up until now i can count on one hand the number of people who i've kept in contact with at work or who i've built built relationships with um i'm one of them kind of people who I feel like we're co-workers. Mm. Let's come in, let's do the job, and let's go home. I don't need to be 
like going after work with drinks with you because I don't want you to look at me a certain kind of way when I'm not in the professional environment. When I'm not in a professional environment, I may not act professional. You know, <laughs> and I don't need you to judge me in that kind of way. In the career that I am in now, because I work for an African country, I've been very fortunate to not have to deal with the yesteryears of gender and race. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, because I work for the African country, we are in position of power. Mm. And so that hasn't been, an, it hasn't, you know, been brought to the forefront in where I am now. But how I used to deal with it was just exactly like I said, I was very assertive and I was very direct. Um, and I deal with my job like that now too. I'm very assertive and I'm very direct. Uh, my coworker likes to say that I'm a bully, but I'm not a bully. I just am very firm. I don't have time for the small talk. Let's get what we need to get done and have small talk after that. But I would just give anybody advice in saying that relationships inside the workplace are important, but but don't cross boundary lines. You know, friendly is what it is. Good night. Good, good, good morning. And let's get to work. Mm. I don't think that you need to be everybody's friend. And I don't think that you need to um, be everybody's everything at work. I think you need to take care of yourself, um, especially as a black woman. Like you stated we earn less we're looked at as less but when you assert yourself when you make sound decisions then you'll get to where you need to be okay okay what about you baby uh in the workplace how, how do you deal with navigating with you know issues of, of race and gender well um my experience is totally different from maya's um i work in hiv and aids i have done so since 1988 it, I when started she was as four. a yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, right after the third grade spelling bee, I felt like I needed something more meaningful in my life. She was a whiz kid, people. She was a whiz. She was Doogie Howser. So, um, so for me, in my younger years, it was like passion driven. Uh, the virus affected more people that looked like us, but there weren't a lot of people working that looked like us. Mm. so it was what I enjoyed it was helping people and I worked from the heart I never asked about salaries it really didn't matter to me but I've always been blessed that I always made um I got increases promotions and things like that and so then I came to a point in my career where, and it was still very early in my career, I was able to, I was sought out to be a consultant on an international project that was funded by um, the United States Department of Defense. And um, I worked in Africa for three years. And when I came back, it was very difficult for me to find a job. Mm. Um, they said that my experience had now far outweighed my education and I needed to go back to school and get either a master's degree in social work, which wasn't happening because I got my own problems. I'm not listening to yours <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> or a nursing license. And I was like, nursing, you know, what does that have to do? With, you know what I do? I, I help people. And but I figure I'm good at math and science. So I went with nursing. So I will say that um, nursing, going to nursing school, even though I hated every day of it, um, I did get the bang for my buck. Um, now with my education 
and my experience. Um, I do work a job. I make good money. I also get called in to consult. I'm able to negotiate higher rates. And when people are intimidated by me, I know I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked from the heart all my younger years. I'm older now. I need to make money. Mm-hmm. These kids <laughs> cost me a gazillion dollars, like <laughs> still. So, um, so, and that's how I know I'm doing it right. I, I have been on interviews and where I may not have had all the qualifications that they wanted, but my attitude is always, if I get an interview, mm-hmm. I'm going to get the job. And that's how it's been for me because, you know, I love what I do. I stay on top of a lot of things that are going on. I do a lot of extra things and um, I'm still passion driven, but I make every, I let everyone know. I don't care who you are. I can compete with you. Mm-hmm. I'm on my shit. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. You did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did. Hey, that, that, that is, that is, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's very important. I think it's important for people to hear because like I said, you know, when you talk about black women, you know, the foundation of this country was built on that and built on mm-hmm. you know their labor and their backs. I mean, you know, we don't have to go back too far. I can I know like for my when I think back in my family history, my great great grandmother was a slave. So, mm-hmm. you know, and she took care of, you know, their, you know, the, the she was a house slave. So she took care in the, in the house and then she had to come outside and deal with you know her family as well and so you know our women have done that for so long you know raising their family and then raising others and then raising their own and then you know still having to and and not being compensated for what it was that they were doing um so that's important and and i would hope that we'll see you know that gap as far as the wage gap being you know closed because here's the thing when we and that was a, a topic of discussion that I know you guys have talked about and several other podcasts talked about uh, before about how, you know, the, the pay, the pay difference between women and men. But here's the thing. When they talk about the pay difference between women and men, they never mention black women. Right. They never. It's right. always that's it's all. They'll say women, but don't assume that they're talking about black women, because in some industries and in some lines of work there's even a gap between what white women make and black women make. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's, it, it's got to get better. We have to push towards that. Um, now I mentioned a little earlier and the people who listen know that I'm a father and like I said, I have a daughter. Um, and so like, I've always, <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> my is calling somebody. My bad. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I've always, you know, uh, heard. I don't want to say always. I've heard a couple of times in my life. Um, you know, don't deal with a woman who has daddy issues. Um, mm. And I get it to a degree. Um, but I guess the question that I have, and I'll start first with you, B. What role should the black father play? in the development of the black girl who becomes the black woman. Mm. Let me say they play a big role and daddy issues can be both positive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and negative. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, and I think Kyle, we had this conversation before briefly. Yep, we did. And I was saying that, Oh, poor Skylar. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because Skylar is going to be looking for mm-hmm. her brothers and Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, and and her brothers and Kyle are not going to be receptive to imposters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Spot a so fake. Even, exactly. <laughs> so even, even if she can't spot the fake, you know, she has four other men in her immediate circle that's going to be like you know no like i my um my dad's sons are married the daughters are not Mm. um so i'm very close to my dad and um you know if if i don't like a guy i have to take him to meet my dad quick oh because my dad be like yeah, and then as soon as he say so, it gives me permission. They're like, uh, I don't like mm-hmm. it. right, bye. <laughs> you know, and and my dad doesn't like anybody. He he doesn't like anybody. But if I like you, you don't meet my dad. Okay, okay. You don't meet my dad. But and and if you ever get there, if you ever get there, like I we you, I got used like you got to take a six week class. Because even if I like you. And then I take you to meet my dad and he doesn't like you. I know eventually it will have an effect on me. Mm-hmm. It will have, if my dad sees something, then I'm like, oh man, you know, and it will change the landscape of the relationship. It's happened. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so fathers have a, a, a very important role. I remember I dated a guy who was old. He was 10 years, my senior and his daughter was turning 18 and he said he was just going to give her some money and i was like give her some money and he was like yeah that's all she wants i said i don't care what she wants you we gonna go we're gonna buy her like a dot some jewelry some diamonds you know some studs and like maybe a little necklace and we're going to get her this and this and this i said because she's about to go to college and you don't want these little knuckleheads in her face thinking that they can do anything you she needs to look like she costs money. Mm. You know, they need to see her and be like, oh, she's out of my league. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you want? Right. And he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and when we did that, first of all, she was happy with the gifts. And um, secondly, he started to get a better understanding of how to father her. Right. Even in her adult years. So fathers are very important. No very. Doubt. No doubt. I, I couldn't agree more. What about you, Maya? Um, I think that fathers play a huge role in the way that um, women first look at men. Okay. You know, they're the first men that you love, mm-hmm. whether they're around or not. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're in or out, mm-hmm. your father really is the first man that you love. You know, and when a father loves a daughter back in the way that they're supposed to, it helps them develop in the way that they want to receive love. Um, And so fathers play that role, whether they realize it or not, you know, and like Babi said, they can have the negative, your relationship with your father can have a negative or a positive effect on your life. Uh, For me, with my father, he was in the home until about 
I don't know, like 11, 12. And I worshiped the ground that that man walked on. I was like, not my dad. I don't care what he did. I was like, not my damn dad. You know? And my relationship with him after that was still kind of pretty steady up until like my teenage years. And then he was kind of like in and out, in and out. Always, I mean, like I always knew where he was always you know he called my mother every day Mm -hmm. you know he has more of a relationship with his sons than he does with his daughters Mm -hmm. but I know that the relationship that I have with my father definitely affects the relationships that I develop with men I'm a very take it or leave it type of person when it comes to men um if I'm with you I'm with you don't get me wrong but if I meet somebody and it's like I'm like yeah Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to the podcast, if you listen ten to years our between podcast, every step, ten it's years. definitely not ten years. Do not listen to <laughs> my co-host, please. Ten she years. likes to exaggerate. It's not ten years through every so step, funny. but it's definitely some time. And yes. I, I didn't realize until I got older, and I mean, really, like two years ago, when it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I deal with men the way that I deal with my father. Oh, you're around, you're around. If you're not, you're not. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to develop a relationship with your daughters because, as I stated, they're the first men that you love. The way that you parent them, the way that you love them, the way that you guide them, the advice that you give them, whether it be about life or boys or whatever, they're always listening and in the back of their mind, those things always come. So when you're not around, you know, always remember that they're taking that in as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that they will deal with people, whether that be on a romantic level or any kind of level, it will expose itself. Oh, so you, you hit the nail on the head. I agree. Mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it 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 one thing you said there that that I always talk about, like even with my daughter, yeah, we have a special relationship, but also partly of what she will see and what she will become and what she will expect from a man is also based on what she sees me deal with her mother, my wife. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's not just what a, how I deal with her, but also what I what makes acceptable. And it was one thing I just noticed, like probably in the last three or four months. Um, if we're going, Skylar and I go everywhere. Uh, and so <laughs> if we're going somewhere, we go get in the car. Skylar go stand by that door. She not gonna open that door. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Skylar. She not gonna Let open that door. Let them know early. She's That's like, right. oh, you gonna open the door for me. I'm not. And, right. You know, I, it's not something I ever told her, but I just noticed that one day. I was like, because I was about to get in the car. I was like, go ahead and get in. And it was, I guess I, I, I just assumed because it was hot, she didn't want to get in a hot car, leather seats, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And she was, Skylar just stood right there. She was like, okay, all right. All right you you, you going to open your door, bro? Okay, we'll open right. this door. If you want me to get in here, you better open this door. So, that's um, my kind of girl. So Go ahead, Skylar. I, I, right. I agree with y'all. It, 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 And I think that's something that I've realized as a, as a father. And like you said, my, even when they're not in the house, it's what is it's, – is how is how the interaction can be because you don't necessarily you know all relationships all marriages you know they're not they may or may not work but the father is so pivotal in you know what a woman sees in a man and what her expectations will be from a man and and so i think and i talked about this on the black fathers podcast i think that's where we as black men have to do a better job because we can't afford to you know and 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 what i find is that a lot of times as black men 
you know, when things go wrong in a relationship and let's say it doesn't work out for whatever reason, whether or not people get married and get a divorce or even if they never get married, um, we tend to we as men in general tend to worry more about our sons than Mm. our daughters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, our daughters need us just as much as our sons do. Uh, you know, especially at, at a more. age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No question. They more. Uh, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. And the Bible says that women are the weaker vessels. So if and and that's just something that's important for men to understand, because even though they they said men don't like rejection, men don't like this, men don't like no, that. Don't like and that all to be. Well, I'm just saying, you know, whatever it is that you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, whatever it is that you don't like for women, it's even more because we're the weaker vessel. So when we have to put on all that extra toughness and skin and things like we are going out of our very nature in mm-hmm. order to survive. Okay. 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 I, di- I didn't know that. Okay. That's, that's something to think about. That's something mm-hmm. to think about. Um, last question I have for you guys. Um, now the three of us, we're on social media, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, I don't want to black. I don't want to bash the brothers, but some brothers <laughs> swear they love black woman, but that you know that the black woman that love through Instagram is in filters. You know, uh, mm-hmm. some of the filters. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, are they exotic? Are they the ones who you can barely determine their race? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or better yet, some of those who tend to turn and gyrate their bodies, aka twerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so Maya, what are your thoughts on women who have taken the route to show off their bodies to attract men and wealth? Men and wealth? Yeah, with, with, well, they're basically using their bodies on Instagram and social media to attract men and try to attract wealth. Because, you know, I, I, I'm told that these quote-unquote Instagram models get paid for these, you know, these shows and all this. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, every day I'm, I am on social media every day. I feel like I post, why the hell are you showing your naked body to, to the world? Mm. I really feel like I post that every day because it's something that I don't understand. Now, here's the thing. If you want to show your naked body, do you Mm -hmm. do what you want to do? But the fact that it's so acceptable now, the fact that it's such the norm now, it gets under my skin a little bit because I just feel like a man is going to want you no matter what. They're going to want you whether you cover from head to toe or whether you butt ass naked. Mm-hmm. Trust and believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to something that I said earlier. Confidence. Confidence is sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Uh you don't have to, you can walk into a room and be a confident black woman, hold your head up high, show decorum, class, uh, strength, all of those good things. And someone is going to see that it will lead you, your confidence in who you are and what you possess, which is power and magic. It'll come into the room before you come into the room. When you showing your naked ass body on the internet, <laughs> it's showing no confidence. Mm. It, it, it's showing no confidence. It's not leaving anything to the imagination. And really, it just is like advertisement for nothing. Because here's the thing. You're trying to attract wealth. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, the guys that's going uh, that you're going to attract are broke. 
and they put it on the front and they put it on the front that they got some money and and and, and believe me when i say that broke guy who who looked like he got money nine times out of ten he don't because money is quiet mm-hmm. always remember that money mm-hmm. is quiet when you have money and when you're used to money and when you're used to nice things, you're used to going to nice places and all of that, you don't have to be loud or boisterous about it. It just exudes who you are. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when a man knows that he got to work hard, that'll, mm-hmm. that will exude. My uncle gives this analogy. He talks about the bad apple, right? I mean, the apple tree. He talks about how you know, you have the dang the dangling apples that's kind of rotten, but they look nice, you know, and they at the bottom. I ain't got to work hard. I can reach my hand up and just get that. But that good, hard, firm, red, pretty apple is at the top. And usually people don't want to climb the top of the tree to get that. Be the top of the tree women mm-hmm. who are showing their naked bodies on the internet mm-hmm. and that's when you when you attract wealth you're not only going to attract money you want to attract a man that you really want that's wealthy in so many ways you know he's going to be wealthy in confidence he's going to be mm-hmm. wealthy in money he's going to be wealthy in career he's going to be wealthy in family he's going to be wealthy in love and the love that he shows you so that's what mm-hmm. i got to say about that okay okay mm. very well said but b what you got Amen. Um, (laughs) Um, First of all, again, I'm going to go with my favorite book. The Bible says that a prostitute is better than a whore. And at least she gets paid. For what she does that in the word okay you got you got um, you got to say in the script and i will i will, I will <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get you the address not that i'm interested in strippers and, and whores <laughs> just get that clear but, with the shits so, so you know that that's the first thing so and you can't uh control how people think of themselves Hmm. you know i used to say all the time when i see girls scantily clad and you know walking like i always say you know people will talk about them and stuff like that and i always say you know what different people need different things to feel sexy Mm -hmm. you know different people need different things to feel sexy and if that's what makes them feel sexy a have at it now as far as a man that's attracted to that I'm not interested in Mm. period. Mm. So he's not attracted to me anyway. You know, he's not even looking for um, a woman, you know, he's looking for something to do. Mm -hmm. So, and and I don't have a problem with um, questionable race women, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff, because the only issue I have with that is if that's all you're attracted to, you know, you love who you love, mm-hmm. but if, if that's all you're attracted to for whatever reason, it just says something about you. Right. You know, that that, you know, you're shallow. You're just looking at um, aesthetic and who needs that? But, you know, what Maya says is definitely true. People like low hanging fruit because it's easy, but I have never desired ever to be easy my mom always said, nothing worth having mm. is easily acquired. Well, better preach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing, nothing worth having is easily acquired. And a lot, a lot, a lot of people have said I was pretty. But pretty has never gotten me anything worth having. Mm. I've worked for everything. 
So, um, you know, how people want to live their life, I don't judge, you know, but I, and I look at that when, when, you know, if somebody's trying to talk to me, to me, I ask them, oh, do you date white women? You know, cause me they, too. I'm not interested. Mm, me you know, either. I'm not interested in a, in a man that dates white woman. Wow. Um, I'm just not. Um, so, you know, that's how, that's how I feel about that. Um, you, you know, the people that like the men who like that are not going to like me anyway. And I'm certainly, you know, they're not for me. And also as far as getting the money, you know, men with money want wise women. This is true. You know, men, men they will throw some money just like sport at you know the flavor of the week or something to do but <laughs> right, you know, right. men with real money want wise women women that's going to make sure that they have money to last their lifetime you know they're not looking at somebody who just wants you know a new gucci bag every single solitary day it, 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 that's not a turn on for them that is so true. And I, and I think, you know, it, it's it goes back to what you said, you know, anything and anybody worth having it, you, you know, you got to put in the work for it. I, mm-hmm. I just never just personally speaking, anybody I dated or anybody I was interested in, even when I got married. No, I, I want to actually work for it because <laughs> right. if, if it comes that easy, as much as I might think I got game, I don't want it if it's that easy. I just don't. Right. That, that tells me that something's not right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, to, to, you know, to anybody that's out, out there, you know, that's listening, that's twerking and, um, you know, your Instagram, model, I mean, get your money, get your money. I mean, right. I, right. You know, personally, I would tell you to go to Magic City and do, a, you know, where you can get legally paid for it. But, hey, you know, knock yourself out. But, exactly. um, but yeah, it, it, it's that whole dichotomy is, is always interesting because I think, you know, it's it's a part of where we are in society. It's, you know, I guess the need and, and I. I haven't understood it and I only know about it because like, you know, if you're on Instagram, you don't have to follow any of those accounts if, you know, because of the algorithms, something's mm-hmm. going to pop up in your mm-hmm. your little search thing. So, yep. um, and you, you, you ask for Meshwana to go down a rabbit hole and you'll see mm-hmm. you'll get anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> but before we get out of here, I told the people that you guys are on social media um, and I guess I can start first with you, but be tell people where they can find you, how they can listen to the We Did That Shit podcast. Uh, put your business out there, whatever business <laughs> that you would like to be put out. Well, we are on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. It's all one word. We did that shit. And my personal Twitter is at the B Amina, and that's B I B B I A M I N A. And Maya. Um, as Babi said, we are everywhere under We Did That Shit. Uh, my personal Twitter is my my thirteen. That's M Y M Y one three, and you can listen to We Did That Shit uh, podcast. As Kyle stated in the beginning, we drop an all new episode every Monday, and we're literally everywhere you can find a podcast. So that means Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Breaker, Stitcher, Castbox, anywhere that you can find a podcast, you can find We Did That Shit podcast, and it's under We Did That Shit. But shit is uh, S with a hashtag, an exclamation point, and a plus sign podcast. So it's right. We Did That Shit podcast. That's 
true. And and I mean it is everywhere. And a podcast is <laughs> a podcast is out every week. Obviously you folks know where uh where to find me. Um oh before you know what? I got one more question for Maya before we get out of here. Sure. Um and and Maya, I'm gonna put you on blast. Okay. I, I know you don't mind people knowing your business, but I got one question for you. It's cool. Is your room clean? <laughs> <laughs> Is your room clean, Maya? That's me. That's the B. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, That's my bad. Yeah. The no, B listen. is your room clean. It is. You gotta ask her because my room stay clean. Okay, so so question for question for B is your room clean? And Maya, are you making it to work on time? Uh, <laughs> That's let me let me answer. Let me answer. This is Maya. Um, I have not made it to work on time but every day is is a day that you can get better people so while i haven't made it to work on time tomorrow is a new day okay and 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 i might make it to work on time tomorrow and she said that last time (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay but be in your room clean okay so maya before we even got kyle on the line what was the first thing i said to you (laughs) said guess what i said what she said girl my room is clean you can see I said, what? <laughs> so we making progress oh man i'm yes. so proud i'm so proud and the reason why i say that is because like that was one of the first things that they they vowed to do on their podcast when the podcast first started so like i'm like one of the first listeners like when they first first started their podcast and she vowed to keep a room clean and maya vowed to to make it work on time despite being moving because i think you, you said your office moved so now you're actually closer to work than you were before i'm definitely um not even 10 minutes away from the job and i feel like since i moved closer i am getting later but again <laughs> every day is a day to get better people oh so keep me in prayer Wait, and I, you know tomorrow i might be on time we'll see Hey, when y'all hit them up on Twitter, ask them or ask Baby is her room cleaner. Ask Maya, is she making it work on time? Uh, that's going to do it for us. Once again, got to thank the ladies when we did that shit podcast. Maya and Baby, I definitely appreciate it. Again, the, this is like, these are like my podcast cousins. I, I, I've been waiting and debating on having them on here for so long. It's, it has been fun having them here. Uh, this will not. Oh, oh, no problem. This will not be their last time here. And of course, want to thank you for listening to the Twelve Kyle Podcast. As always, definitely appreciate the love. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.